Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This is a Rogue Media Network podcast. This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. Welcome back. 365 Sports, Paul Catalina and Garrett Ross giving you this very special top five today. And uh, Garrett, I thought we would, since I've talked so much about recruiting in the transfer portal, Mm -hmm. as we're going into the holidays, I think we need to talk about the CFP games and some of those issues. So today we'll talk about Michigan and Bama, and tomorrow we'll talk about Texas and Washington. And I'm at a point, mental health-wise, where I can discuss this without flying into a rage. Uh, it sounds like you're barely there, though. I mean, look, I'm the, look, I'm over the finish line. I'm over the finish line. I'm not completely like I'm still maybe taunting people and yelling. Rightfully so. Rightfully <laughs> but, so. But I've, I'm at a point where I've accepted it. I've moved mostly on, and we can talk about these games. It didn't help that I just read an article about Florida State and their future and how this all came to be, but here we go. Uh, number five, can Jim Harbaugh get over the hump? He has gotten them to this point, but last year got upset by TCU. Everyone was shocked by that. Right. I wasn't so much. I really wasn't. Um, I wasn't shocked by anything that happened in last year's two CFP games. I wasn't shocked that TCU beat Michigan. I was shocked that they controlled the game for as long as they did. Um, but I was not shocked that they won that game because I do think that the Big Ten sometimes um, does not have, throughout their schedule, the kind of speed and athleticism, we'll talk about that in a second, that some of the other leagues do, and that includes the Big 12. Um, And they're not used to that, and they're not used to seeing those things, especially when you get some of the schedules that they've had. Uh, That will change in the modern Big Big Ten. But can Jim Harbaugh go toe-to-toe with an SEC foe? with a classic dynastic team in Alabama and maybe not even Alabama's best playoff team. Oh, it's but not still, best. But go toe-to-toe with these SEC athletes and out-muscle them. That's going to be the question. Um, I, I'm going to say no, he can't. Um, I, I'm not, not necessarily saying he can't for the future, but in this instance, no, he can't. I, I think that while Michigan is a really good team, 
I think their deficiencies at the skill player positions, mainly on defense and their secondary, is something that's going to be exposed by Alabama. Um, I think in the trenches, they can hang for the most part. But at the end of the day, once it gets into the fourth quarter, about that mid-second half of that fourth quarter, I think you see Alabama kind of start leaning on them. They have the the, the pieces in place. They have the skill set, like your running back. Obviously, with Corum and J.J. McCarthy, they, they have the offensive. But I think on the defensive side, particularly that secondary, I think that's going to be what kind of hinders them in this game and why I don't think Harbaugh gets over the hill this year. Yeah. Number four, is Michigan healthy enough along the offensive line? They had problems uh, late in the year with the offensive line, which was the strength of their team, and lost Zach Zinter at the end of the year, too, who is one of their best offensive linemen and a, and a guy who's going to be an NFL player uh, this year, but he he's out. I mean, he they're, they're not going to have Zach Zinter for this game. Uh, Alabama is still good on defense. Mm-hmm. They're not classic Alabama, like, overwhelming on defense, but they're still really good and really efficient uh, on that side of the ball, outside of the penalties for the most part. Another thing that we will talk about in a second, but is Michigan healthy enough on the offensive line to do what they've done? JJ McCarthy threw one touchdown pass in the last four games because he didn't have to do any of that, but he's going to have to throw the ball more. They're going to have to protect him more. They cannot just expect to win this game with Blake Corum and Donovan Edwards. They're going to have to do that. And they're going to have to protect the quarterback. Can they do it with, I mean, Dallas Turner and those guys coming at you all night long. I mean, I would love to say yes, because when you look at Michigan, I believe they won the Joe Moore Award last year for the best uh, offensive line in the nation. They're always in the mix, right? So when mm-hmm. they see it, when when you look at Michigan, in my eyes, and they have an offensive lineman go down, I feel confident that they can have somebody step in mm-hmm. and kind of fill that void. While there's going to be a step back, I think they can they can handle that situation better than most teams. But that being said, looking at how Alabama – handled up and matched Georgia in the trenches in the SEC championship game, I think it's going to be more difficult than expected this time out in this matchup. Yeah. All right. Now, I know that these um, have been mostly Michigan questions, and I do have a couple of Bama ones here. One, can Michigan contain Milrow on the run? And can Bama get him out of the run, uh, not only called plays, but how how many improvised plays can they have? Because – where I think Jalen Milrow has gotten people is not necessarily on their called quarterback runs, which he, you know, those can work out great for them. I mean, yeah. I, you know, you saw in the LSU game, they had two like straight up called Milrow yeah. runs that wound up in touchdowns. Those were like straight up. And the, but they also got a couple first downs in that game that were, Oh, I'm just going to run. Yeah. And that's where he gets you. Like, that's how he got Auburn. Like that. Those are the things, you know, um, can you get the best improviser at quarterback in the country right now because like Michael Penix is great and and Quinn Ewers is really good and he's on his way up and JJ McCarthy's a really steady dude but in these in these playoffs the only person I think that if he would have been healthy that improvises like Jalen Milrow honestly if any of the playoff eligible teams or maybe it's two, is Bo Nix and Jordan Travis. And, of course, Jordan Travis is hurt, and that's why they're not in the playoff. And then, well, that and other reasons, but uh, but Bo Nix. Like, right. those are the improvisational guys. Quinn Ewers is not an improviser. No, like, not at all. He's really skilled. You know, Michael Penix may be a little bit more, but, again, those guys are more classic quarterback types. And Jalen Milrow is uh, – he's jazz, baby. Like, you know, it's the notes you don't hear from Jalen Milrow, right, that – that make him really good. So can Bama get him out on that? And if they do, can Michigan um, 
after a couple times, figure out how to how to defend it and how to make sure that you have some like on those third and longs that he just runs and picks up. Uh, do you have somebody out there that's going to spy on him and make sure that he is just take off and run? Because there are routes that Jalen Milrow just does not throw well. So those almost you don't have to worry about. Yeah, I'd more worry about like I want one of these linebackers to be right here or a safety up in the box that can that can come and get him. Um, I think that's one. I think that's really going to be the difference in this game because I don't think Michigan is able to compete and hang with Jalen Milrow doing that. I think that's what's kind of been the difference in Alabama getting to where they are right now is just kind of cutting him loose, letting him improvise and play his own ball. Uh, that's what makes them really unique. I don't. I'm, I'm concerned that Michigan is not going to be able to do that. Um, you you bring up a good point. Like his throwing is inconsistent. That was that's what makes him special. But given this circumstance, I don't know that Michigan can contain him. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, number two, can Bama be less sloppy? This is why people talk about them not being yeah. the classic Bama team because they are kind of a wreck at times. They are a hot mess. If you you know that like whatever they are, like it's worked out for them. It's worked out for them. They found a way through it in every game but Texas, but. They commit way more penalties than most saving teams do. They do way more like just dumb stuff that is not indicative of a saving team. A lot of that has to do with inexperience. Mm-hmm. Um, and but at this point in the year, this is going to be their 14th game. It shouldn't be that way, and it probably will be. And I think that's what's going to keep Michigan tight in this game. And that's what keeps most teams tight with Bama is that. They don't roll along well enough without committing a mistake that ki- that's a drive killer. Yeah. A false, like two false starts on a drive. I think false starts are worse than holding penalties. You get a holding penalty, yeah, it sucks, but. I mean, there's holding on every play, yeah, though, so the, I would agree with that. But if you get a fa- false starts are drive killers. Yeah. It just, you know, it takes your third and two to a third and seven. You know, you've got to now adjust on the fly. You know, if you're playing a good defense like Michigan, like you've now just played into their hands, that. If Bama loses this game, I can almost promise you right now what happened is that they could not get out of their own way. I would agree with that. And I don't, I don't, I don't think that there's any way they could tighten it up. I, I think <laughs> that you try to put a point of emphasis on it during this, this extended period before you, that you have practicing. But at this point in the season, man, like this is who you are, right? Yeah. Like there's, there's no way if it would, if it could have been fixed, and by this point in the season, Saban would have fixed it. Mm-hmm. I think you just kind of – they're lucky enough to be one of the very few programs in the nation whose athleticism can overcome the mistakes. Uh, and they're going to have to bank on that happening again against the Wolverines. Yeah, they are. And number one, can Michigan handle the SEC athleticism that they're going to see? They have only seen this once kind of this year when they played against Ohio state Correct. and Ohio state pushed them to the brink. So when you are faced and look, maybe twice Penn state, that game was not a blowout. Like that was just a dominant defensive performance. And they just ran the ball all over Penn. They didn't even yeah. have to throw against them. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they didn't have to like, but those are the two teams that had like, if some of their guys went in the portal, SEC teams would call, right? Yes. Those are the two teams that that would that would be the case. Like if the whole like if the whole Ohio State roster and the whole Penn State roster decided tomorrow, screw it, we're leaving, and they got in the portal. Believe me, Bama and Georgia would be At calling. Home, absolutely. Right? <laughs> so those are the teams that that would do that, and those are the two teams that pushed Michigan the most this year. Um, 
And Michigan's defense is excellent. It is absolutely excellent. There's no, there's no denying that, but they have not like, they have not had to see this at all. And they've not had to see, like Jermaine Burton is not even the 10th best Alabama wide receiver that has been in the last four years. No, not even close, but he's the second best receiver they would have seen this year. No, and, I, yeah, go ahead. And, and like, and that, that's not to mention uh bond. Like that dude is just, he's a like, freak. Yeah. And he bond is the dude that um, he's the one who, when it all breaks down with Milro, that bonds, the one who like, they, ha- a hole. they have this like mind meld where it's like, all right, like I'll find you. you know, he was the one in Auburn. You know, I've heard, I've heard Brad Nesser go, Isaiah bond like <laughs> eight times this year, <laughs> you know? And those are the things and I wonder if Michigan can handle that. I think that they're, they're better set up to than they were in the past, but they have not seen it and they have not seen it to the level that Alabama is going to bring it to them, especially since uh, the quarterback position is going to be part of that athleticism, which they did not see in Kyle McCord or Drew Aller earlier this year. Jalen Milrow does things like we talked about just a second ago that those other guys just don't do. Yeah, I think that's ultimately what this is going to come down to. I don't think uh, Michigan can match Bama's athleticism. I think if, if you bring up a good point because, like, we played Marvin, Marvin Harrison, but I don't even think Emeka Ekba played in that game. So you haven't seen, like, multiple receivers on the field. Uh, Talia Tungavalolo has been the closest quarterback that you can mm-hmm. draw up that you've seen compared to Jalen Milrow, and that's not even close. No. Not even remotely close. Um, and I also think that – that's kind of what they ran into last year when they faced TCU. TCU was freaking loaded. Yeah. Like with at the skill positions, and that's something that Michigan wasn't expecting. I think they are going, they they probably realized that and they're going to continue to try to get the playmakers in through the recruiting and the transfer portal. But at this moment, I don't see them being able to compete with Bama. No. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of the top five. We're back again tomorrow with another one. This is 365 Sports. That's Paul Catalina and the top five on Alabama and Michigan. We'll, of course, have another one tomorrow. want to thank everybody who was a part of what we did today, including those of you in the chat room. And, of course, even the text line had a couple of that one text line that was a great question. Uh, Our sponsors who do what they do every day. And, Craig, thank you. A busy day as we woke up to the Florida State News and hope we gave you uh, a lot of different angles and heard from you as well on what might happen, the implications and consequences, and more. Yeah, appreciate everybody, and I guess we'll have one final show tomorrow before we take a much-needed, uh, I think, break for, uh, like, everybody, the Christmas holidays. But uh, one more time, we're going to be live tomorrow morning. Are we got a super chat all of a sudden here at the end? Yeah, Katie Raider, thank you. Bob is a rock star interview. Yes, he is, Bob yes. Thompson. Merry Christmas, Katie Raider. Thanks for the super chat. Yeah, and I think I got a DM from you, Katie, that I haven't looked at just yet, so I'll, I'll go back and look at that. I apologize. I'm, I haven't been on Twitter a ton uh, here in recent weeks, but uh, I'll get to that. And, uh, yeah, we'll be here. I guess you probably need to remind everybody tomorrow morning uh, live, and then we'll have a replay in the afternoon. So tomorrow, yeah, we'll be live uh, a lot differently than others. And one of the reasons is Mac Rhodes will be live with us in studio at 10. First time he's spoken since the decision about Dave Aranda and his staff, but also we're like a week away, right? A week and a half away from the pavilion, the Foster Pavilion, the basketball arena opening up. In fact, uh, Baylor's about to close out the Farrell Center with that game coming up against Mississippi Valley State. Well, I'll also say that um, I don't know if there was any AD who spoke as much as openly about 
expansion and realignment over the last year as Mac Rhodes did. I mean, there was others that talked about it, but he was pretty much the one putting out the message. The Big 12 was open for business along with Brett Yormark and letting it be known that whatever was going on before any moves were actually officially made, that the Big 12 was going to be ready and waiting. And so I'm interested to hear his thoughts. Not that he'll probably reveal too much, but interested to hear what he thinks of all that's going on with Florida State and just the ramifications of of that and amongst other topics in college sports right now. So, yeah, that ought to be interesting. Kyle Visser, I think while you guys are out next week, let Kim Coulter and I and maybe a few <laughs> hey. other substitutes take over the show. Ay-yi-yi-yi-yi-yi. That would be fun. That would be fun. I'd love to see it happen. Garrett, great stuff today. Weaving in and out of so many stories. Thanks to uh, Devin Gardner, Tim Younger, and also Daquan Finn for being a part of the show and setting that up with us Again tomorrow, 8.30 to 11.30 Central in the morning. So you need to get your you-know-what up and be a part of the show tomorrow. I'm David Smoke for Craig and Garrett. And for all of our sponsors, good night. This is 365 Sports. This has been a Rogue Media Network production.